Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is sponsored by Locker Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time by downloading the Locker Room app for free in the iOS App Store. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, June 23rd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account. Be sure to give it a follow at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. Go leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Alright, good morning everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Before I get into the show here today, I gotta wish a special listener a very special happy birthday, and that's none other than my father, Justin Bushman, who's been a great supporter throughout the years. He's done everything to put me in a position to succeed. So, Dad, thank you for everything you've done for me. I really appreciate it more than you know. And uh, happy birthday. Hopefully, we'll be out here on the golf course in a couple hours having some fun. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be beating you. But getting into some Blackhawks news now, the latest news we have on the Chicago Blackhawks, actually some big news. I haven't gotten a lot of that so far this summer, but some big news came out via Scott Powers of The Athletic late last night, which was that forward Alex Nylander will not have to be protected by the Blackhawks in the Seattle expansion draft that's upcoming later in July. Powers was the first to break that news. Always got to give credit to Scott Powers, one of the best out there for Blackhawks coverage. Be sure to go follow Scott. And honestly, if you don't have an athletic subscription at this point, what are you doing? Go sign up for The Athletic. It's like a dollar a month the first six months you have it. And Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus are two of the best at getting Blackhawks news out there as quickly as possible and also very detailed as well. So if you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, I definitely recommend doing so. But this is big news here for the Chicago Blackhawks, not having to protect Alex Nylander in the Seattle expansion draft. And this is because if you go back, yes, Some people were kind of confused that, so first off, Nylander, for those of you who didn't know or just simply forgot, Nylander missed this entire past season after undergoing knee surgery in December, I believe it was, Um, and going back throughout his career, Nylander last year, his first with the Blackhawks after coming over from the Sabres, he did play in the NHL for Buffalo, I believe in 2017-18 and 2018-19, possibly even in 2016-17. I believe he got a couple games in the year they drafted him, but he didn't play enough games for that to count as a year on his contract. So even though he he got some appearances at the NHL level for Buffalo, his contract still slid over. And that's why last year with the Blackhawks, his first in Chicago, was technically 
still considered his rookie season. And now, because he missed all of last year with that knee injury, Nylander will still be considered a second-year pro, which means second-year pros do not have to be protected in the expansion draft. So that saves the Blackhawks a spot on Alex Nylander because, like it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I got some comments after I tweeted out that news that, oh, I don't even know if Nylander was worth protecting. Well, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, you don't want to lose a guy like that for nothing. You'd much rather lose, like, a David Camper, a guy I'll talk about later on the show, Calvin DeHaan, one of those two guys you'd much rather lose over a youngster, a former first-round pick like Alex Nylander, who's really still just kind of scratching the surface of the NHL. I know it hasn't been pretty for him so far, but let's not forget this guy still hasn't really uh, settled in yet, and he's still only uh, 23, 24 years old. So, big news there for the Blackhawks. They will not have to protect Alex Nylander, and Uh, Taking a look at how that kind of affects their expansion draft plans, I do believe the Blackhawks still intend on going with the 7-3-1 route. That's just the the route that makes the most sense for what this team has, protecting seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goaltender. And that really changes things up front for the Blackhawks because taking a look at who we know they 100% are going to protect, out of those seven uh, available spots, we know that Patrick Kane is going to get one of them. Jonathan Taze is as well. Both of them have full no-movement clauses. They literally have to be protected. Then Alex DeBrinkett, he's a no-brainer. Um, Dylan Strome, I know a lot of people are kind of uh, on the fence with Dylan Strome, but he's kind of in that same boat as Nylander and even a, a little bit more. The Blackhawks are just not going to lose him for nothing. That just simply is not going to happen. So I expect Dylan Strome to take up one of those spots. I'm going to count him as number four. And then after that, you got to think Brandon Hagel's going to get protected after the strong rookie campaign that he just had. The Blackhawks probably do not want, not probably, they do not want to risk anyone taking Brandon Hagel, or not anyone, Seattle taking Brandon Hagel off their hands for Scott Free. So got to think Brandon Hagel's going to be the fifth forward protected. Then I thought Alex Nylander was going to be number six, but now it looks like he's not going to have to be protected. That opens another spot in this forward group, which is really important for the Blackhawks. Number six, I'm probably going to lock in Henrik Borgstrom. He was going to be my number seven had Nylander had to be protected anyways. And for Borgstrom, he just got acquired by the Florida, uh, from the Florida Panthers as part of that trade for Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmark. He came over along with Riley Stillman, uh, Brett Connolly, and a seventh-round pick, I believe. Um, and Borgstrom, he's a guy the Blackhawks are high on. You know, um, a former first-round pick. He's played over. He played over in Finland this past season. The Blackhawks announced that he will be coming over to North America next year. Signed his entry-level deal. And with all that hype and the expectations that the Blackhawks have, and being a key piece of a trade, they just uh, they just made. You got to think. They have no intention of letting Henrik Borgstrom go to the Seattle Kraken for free. So I'm going to lock in Henrik Borgstrom as the sixth forward for the Blackhawks in the uh, Seattle expansion draft. And now that's where it it gets interesting for the Hawks, not having to protect Nylander. Because looking at who they have available, they could go... um, David Kampf is a guy who I don't know if they want to protect. They have a lot of depth down the middle, but he's been... Uh, a valuable player to them with his ability to win faceoffs. He was really the only guy this season on the Blackhawks roster that could win a faceoff. He's a good fourth liner. 
Um, I don't know if the Blackhawks are going to want to protect him, but he's definitely an option for that seventh and final spot. Another guy who I think is probably ahead of camp, at least in my opinion, is Adam Gaudet. Because after the Hawks acquired Gaudet from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for Matthew Highmore, by the way, what a great trade for Chicago. Um, but once Gaudet came to Chicago and finally got some playing time, he really made his presence felt. And I believe he finished with um, five or six points in his seven games played. It was a really impressive showing from Gaudet. So for that reason, I honestly believe he could be that seventh man protected by the Blackhawks. Also, I don't want to leave out Vinny Henestroza. If the Blackhawks want to bring him back, then he could also be that seventh man protected. Maybe Ryan Carpenter, but I, I just don't see that one happening. I think I'd even rather protect David Kampf than Ryan Carpenter, and, and for sure, um, Vinny Henestrosa or Adam Gaudet, if the Blackhawks are wanting to keep those guys as part of the roster going forward. So, now that Alex Nylander does not have to be protected, which is a huge boost for the Blackhawks, they, they have more options here for the Seattle expansion draft. Defensively, things are not going to change. I believe they're still going to protect, uh, they have to protect Duncan Keith, Connor Murphy's going to be protected, and then I think Riley Stillman probably will be that third one over Nikita Zadorov, especially considering what Big Z is asking for on his next contract, nearly $6 million. That's a conversation for probably another day later on this week or early next week, but definitely had to uh, discuss the news that we had coming from Scott Powers of The Athletic last night. Alex Nylander does not have to be protected by the Blackhawks in the Seattle expansion draft and is still officially considered a second-year pro at the NHL level. All right, I think that will take care of the latest Blackhawks news regarding the Seattle expansion draft. Coming up in just a moment, I'll be getting into yet another 2021 NHL draft profile here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first... I need to talk quickly about Locker Room, which is the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use. With Locker Room, you can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together. I personally will be doing some episodes later on in the week, late at night. And you can also react to the biggest news, rumors, and trades with other people. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS App Store, or you can get it now on Android, and then you just quickly create a profile and link your Twitter to join a group, and you'll be able to share your spiciest takes with the rest of the world. So be sure to check out Locker Room for free to be a part of the best audio-only social media platform for sports fans. I also need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like peanut butter, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And now they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, which is absolutely incredible, and they also have carrot cake and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. 
Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L and LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just finished up sharing some updates on Alex Nylander for the upcoming Seattle expansion draft. Moving on now, it's time to get into yet another 2021 NHL draft profile here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Yesterday, I took a deeper look at forward prospect Atu Ratu, one of the more intriguing names and players in the draft this year. And today, the next player I will be breaking down on the show here is 18-year-old forward Cole Sillinger from Sioux Falls of the United States Hockey League. And Sillinger is yet another intriguing prospect to break down here on the show for several reasons. But first, looking at where the scouts have him projected to land in the draft. TSN's Bob McKenzie ranked Sillinger, who is, by the way, the son of former NHLer Mike Sillinger that some of you may remember. But Cole has been ranked by McKenzie in his final draft rankings as the 13th best player in the 2021 NHL draft, while the other major sites and draft boards have him going somewhere in that, somewhere in that 10 to 20 range, basically. Kind of like Ratu. So, once again, right in that range for the Blackhawks, if they feel Sillinger's a quality enough player to take at number 11. But one reason I wanted to get into why I think Sillinger is such an intriguing prospect to break down. First, he took a bit of a different route this season than a lot of NHL draft prospects usually take. In 2019-20, Sillinger played for the Medicine Hat Tigers in the Western Hockey League for his rookie season, and he put up 22 goals and 31 assists for 53 points in 48 games played to emerge as one of the premier players in the WHL for the 2021 draft class. However, because of the COVID-19 lockout this season across Canada, the WHL had their year canceled, unfortunately, and Sillinger was then loaned to the Sioux Falls Stampede of the USHL in order to get to play out the remainder of his season, which, by the way, was a great move by the Medicine Hat Tigers general manager, I believe. He had to approve Sillinger getting loaned to the USHL, which he did because he wanted Sillinger to get that opportunity to play and further show off his skill set in such an important year for him. And fortunately, Sillinger was a dual citizen, so. This option was possible for him when it's unfortunately not for others. But some people actually kind of looked down on this move for Sillinger because um, scouts and people around the game of hockey just kind of believe that 
the US the USHL isn't the same quality of league as the WHL or really any other junior league up in Canada. And that seemingly has hurt Sillinger's draft stock a little bit, despite putting together, you know, a pretty impressive season in the USHL. As just a 17-year-old, Sillinger, he only turned 18 uh, about a month ago in May. So as a 17-year-old, he put up 24 goals and 22 assists for 46 points in his 31 games played. And look, I know the USHL isn't at the same level, but those are impressive numbers nonetheless. 24 goals in 31 games. It's not like this was a high school league or something. I don't know. I get that a lot of people know that the talent around him isn't quite as high, but this is still a very solid season that he put together. And a lot of people are comparing him to Dylan Gunther, another great youngster out of the WHL. They get a lot of comparisons together, but I I don't think that's quite fair to do Sillinger uh, due diligence like that. Like, he still put together a really solid campaign. Like, what was he supposed to do? You know, not go and do, turn down the offer and not play in the majority of his draft year. I just don't see how you can blame the kid for taking the best route for his career and, you know, actually getting to play some games instead of being, you know, locked, locked out up in Canada. He had options in hand. What do you, I don't get how you can punish a kid for that. Anyways, taking a look at Sillinger's overall game as a whole. He's already six feet tall and roughly 200 pounds. He's a big boy for barely being 18. And he's also spent the majority of his career so far playing the center position, like a number of prospects I've already taken a look at here on the show. But the first thing that jumps out about Sillinger is his ability to find the back of the net and create offense from anywhere. Because when you go and look at his highlight reels, this kid just scores from, he scores a lot of different looking goals because he he will shoot from anywhere in the offensive zone. He has full belief in his powerful wrist shot and his slap shot, and for good reason. He just has a knack for beating a goaltender wherever it may be from, whether it's, you know, a, a bad angle somewhere that someone else probably wouldn't shoot the puck, or if he's somewhere in tight, you know, he still has the ability to put it top shelf for a beautiful snipe past the goaltender, or even by just sneaking one by them from somewhere that the goaltender wasn't expecting. It's just clear that Sillinger is one of the top snipers in this draft class because of that strong shot. That's definitely his number one asset. Literally nowhere in the offensive zone is off limits from this kid. And if you think he can't score from somewhere, then you're making a mistake as a netminder. The second thing that jumped off the page to me on Sillinger is his strength and ability to keep the puck on his stick, even with a defender draped to his back. Stillinger, as I said a moment ago, He's already 200 pounds, and in his highlight reels, he's just clearly stronger than a lot of his competition. Not only does Sillinger win a ton of board battles because of his strength and size, but he can also drive the puck to the net with a defender all over him, and then he also has the vision and the smart hockey IQ to create offense entering the zone with the puck on his stick. I will say, though, the one one thing about Sillinger is he's usually thinking about setting himself up for an open look rather than his teammates. I'm not suggesting that um, he's selfish or anything. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just that he likely projects to be more of a pure goal scorer than a natural playmaker at the NHL level. Sillinger knows how lethal 
his shot is. He trusts himself, and I don't think he's ever seen a look he doesn't like in the offensive zone. So that's kind of why I tend to think his shoot-first mentality probably is going to transition over to the NHL level in the future. And another reason why I believe that to be true is because the biggest knack on Sillinger's game is his speed and acceleration. This is the area where the scouts are most concerned about Sillinger because he's not exactly the most fleet of foot on the ice. Now, that is something he has worked on immensely over the past year, but he's still likely never going to be an elite skater like Fabian Lysel or Liesel, excuse me, Fabian Liesel or Atu Ratu potentially will be. That's just not Sillinger's game. And when you're drafting earlier on in the first round of the draft, the concern here is that you just don't want to have any limitations on the player you just took, especially at this point in the draft. You're trying to find the most complete player, I believe. And with the skating issues a little bit, I just, I question whether or not the Blackhawks want to go that route once again, because that's already an issue that they've been dealing with in their forward group. They really don't have any speedsters aside from like Alex Debrinker, kind of Brandon Hagel. However, I do think Sillinger has the strength and the ability to overcome some of those issues. Plus, he should hopefully only get better in that department. Um, but basically for me, it comes down to this for the Blackhawks. Are they okay with sacrificing speed for goal scoring and a physical two-way game? That's what it comes down to. Um, I just think it comes down to what's, what's their biggest need at the moment. And to me, up front in that forward group, it's, it's not just size and skill. I think they need a combination of that and also they need some speed. That's my only concern about Sillinger going number 11 to the Blackhawks. I love the goal scoring. He's a pretty solid two-way player already. His size and his ability to win a board battle and also drive the puck to the net. That's tremendous. The Blackhawks need that as well. But the speed has to be a concern a little bit with the NHL only getting faster and faster year in and year out. So to wrap this up, I do like Cole Sillinger. And I think he has the potential to be a top six goal scorer in the future. But I do wonder if the Blackhawks are just a little bit worried about adding another player to their forward group who just doesn't have a lot of speed to offer because that that feels like the one area that's really held them back in the past couple of seasons when they have missed out on qualifying for the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, I think that is going to take care of Cole Sillinger's 2021 NHL draft profile. Coming up in just a minute, it's time for 30-year-old defenseman Calvin DeHaan's 2021 season recap. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is back. The NBA and NHL playoffs are getting started. UFC is in full swing all year round. And you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. 
and be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I just got done taking a look at Cole Sillinger's 2021 NHL draft profile. Now, before I wrap things up on the show here today, we still got to get into defenseman Calvin DeHaan's 2021 season recap. So for DeHaan, coming into the year, which was his second with the Blackhawks since being acquired from the Carolina Hurricanes. Everyone was kind of hoping that coming off of another shoulder surgery, DeHaan would be able to get healthy on the back end and kind of sturdy things up on defense in Chicago. It wasn't a great run for him through the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, but he was also fresh off that surgery and just, I don't know if he was ready to play. He just didn't look comfortable enough to gear up for that playoff run, but I'll give him props. He did anyways. However, even though he did get back to being 100% healthy for the start of the 2021 campaign, things didn't really go as planned for DeHaan with the Blackhawks. Offensively, however, it was actually a pretty solid year for DeHaan, considering that really isn't a strength of, of his game or what he's known for at all. In his 44 games played this season, by the way, another shortened year for DeHaan as he suffered a hip injury that cost him his final 22 games of the year. But in his 44 games played, DeHaan finished with one goal and nine assists for 10 points, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but when you compare that to his previous seasons, I mean, DeHaan only had 14 points in his 74 games played in 2018-19, and in his 29 games played in his first season with the Blackhawks, DeHaan only registered one goal and five assists, so a bit better of an output this time around. And by the way, DeHaan just doesn't score goals. That is not in his repertoire. He only has one goal in each of his last four seasons, and also in six of his nine throughout his NHL career. Nice. But taking a look at some of the other numbers, DeHaan only racked up 14 penalty minutes this year, despite being put mostly in defensive situations for the large portion of his ice time. Seven minor penalties in 44 games. Um, Considering the way he plays the game, defensive-minded, we'll take that year in and year out, basically. Um, Only a 1.7 shooting percentage for DeHaan, but with only one goal, I mean... Can we really be surprised it's that low? He usually is in that 1-2% to 